Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Duty Podcast. I'm Piers. I'm Maggie. And today we're talking about ratio. So we all know that teaching doesn't always necessarily equal learning. Right. And telling isn't always teaching. Right. We know that learning happens when the learner is actively learning, right? When they're actively thinking, when they are engaged. We can't just open up their brains and, and plop stuff in. Right. Learning happens when you're you're processing and you're struggling with some new concept, but you're actually doing some deep thinking and you know, you're not just listening and absorbing, you're you're active. Exactly. And so that led us to sort of geek out the past couple of days on something called ratio. And I think even if this word or term is new, teachers know what this is. Right. You hear ratio in math and you think about a relationship between two numbers. When we're talking about ratio in teaching, we're thinking about the relationship between how much thinking a teacher does versus how much thinking a student does. So it's a it's a thinking ratio. Exactly. Basically, what percentage of a class period is spent with students doing the work versus the teacher? And another good way that you can think about this is by speaking and writing. Right? Who's who's doing all of this work during the lesson? Are students really owning a lot of the cognitive load, or are teachers sort of you know doing more work than the kids? In which case there's probably not as much learning happening as, as we would like. Right. It helps me to think about the non-exemplar. Yes. So a low example of ratio would be, you know, a college lecture where the professor is up in front of the room, there's 500 kids there, and they're just speaking and speaking and speaking. So if it's a 60-minute lecture and they speak the entire time, mm-hmm. they have most of the ratio on them. Exactly. Right. We might be doing some deep listening. We might be trying to write. But in that example... Almost all of the ratio, almost all of the cognitive load is coming from the professor. That's a really low example of ratio. That's a great point. And it, you know, that's really hard for certain age groups to be able to learn with that modality. You know, if you're talking about elementary, middle, I would even say the lower grades of, of high school, they need to be more actively engaged or else it's going to go sort of in one ear and out the other. Right. So just, just to recap, this concept of ratio is is it's asking the question, who's doing the thinking during the lesson? Mm-hmm. If the teacher is just doing most of the speaking, then they're doing most of the thinking. But if students are speaking, if students are in conversation, if students are doing collaborative group work, if they're writing, then those students are doing more of a larger share of that thinking. So the ratio is more balanced. Exactly. So yeah, just think about transitioning between how much thinking the teacher is doing versus how much thinking the students are doing. That's the ratio that we're talking about. Exactly. And I think we sort of already started to hint at why it matters, but it's really this difference between active versus passive learning, you know, and if, if a a student, any student, any learner, and even an adult who's learning something is actively engaged, they're going to retain more. They're going to understand better and their learning is going to, to improve. If you think about the difference between, you know, an extroverted student versus an introverted student. Mm -hmm. That introverted student might not say a word the entire class. And hopefully they're doing some thinking, hopefully they're doing some writing. But if the ratio is out of balance where it's really teacher heavy, Mm -hmm. that student might spend that entire period doing very little thinking. And certainly they might not do any speaking versus an extroverted student who's being more active in their learning. Yeah. They're going to answer more questions. They're going to participate more. So the ratio falls a little bit more on them we got to be careful to say, you know, it's not like if you're an introverted person, you should be trying to be more 
extroverted. Right. But as the teacher, you need to make sure that you're not getting that false positive that students are doing a lot of the thinking because your louder students are doing more thinking. Exactly. How are you designing a lesson so that your introverted students increase their ratio to their share of their active thinking? Right. And so that's why like writing is a huge piece of shifting ratio and you don't have to you don't have to start assigning a ton of essays and grading them. A quick stop and jot is is a great way to push active thinking onto students, right? And that can be really good for all different types of, you know, personality types and learning modalities and really push that deep thinking, which is what that's the whole goal, right? Is if students are actively and deeply thinking, they are going to learn more. Right. Active thinking. What's the Maria Montessori quote that you have? Oh my gosh, I love this. It's as soon as concentration has begun, act as if the child does not exist. Walk away. Walk away. Yeah. And you ask the question. You ask yeah. a question to the kids. Mm-hmm. You give them the opportunity to write. Mm-hmm. Let them write. Don't interrupt their thinking. Exactly. You might have some instance of doing positive praise to make sure that you have 100% of the kids writing, but you need to make sure that when you're asking kids to be deep thinkers mm-hmm. that you take a step back and you give them that space to be deep thinkers. Yeah, it's a fine balance. And this is just another example of how complex and complicated teaching is, right? Because we know that we need to do certain teacher moves to keep class flowing, keep students, you know, making positive behavioral choices. And also we don't want to disrupt the learning. And so if if they really are doing their own thing, they're engaged, they're thinking, be quiet, you know, let let them think because anytime we say anything, it interrupts the learning process, you know? You being mindful of your ratio. If you keep filling the space, then you're taking the ratio away from them. Exactly. Then, yeah, then they're trying to listen to what you're saying. Yep. Yeah, that is a great quote. As soon as concentration has begun, act as if the child does not exist. Just yeah. let them do their thinking. Yeah. Same way if they're doing a turn and talk step out of the way you should be circulating so that you can listen in Mm -hmm. but you don't have to join those conversations you can do you know the the prompting that you need to if someone's off course Mm -hmm. but be mindful of letting them have that active thinking space yeah i think sometimes we try to and i understand why i definitely do this where we we can over manage you know where we're trying to sort of make sure that everything is going smoothly and going well and going the way that we planned and so that that can shift the ratio because we're doing more than we need to so trust your planning trust your lesson plan trust yourself and hopefully the systems and routines you've been able to build and once they're on a task let them do the the, the task you know (laughs) get out of their way basically right so we've talked about what it is why it matters yep But let's get into the really helpful stuff of ways that you can add more ratio into your lesson. Yeah, this is what I always like. And this is a huge coaching thing, too, is I had a coach Mm -hmm. sit in the back of my classroom and time how long I was speaking for. Mm -hmm. And she didn't tell me that she was doing it. And, you know, so she could get a good sample. Right. But when she told me at the end that, hey, I, I had the stopwatch out and I was timing how long you spoke for versus how long the students spoke for. Mm hmm. It was pretty shocking to see, wow, I really filled up the bulk of the lesson with me speaking. Right. And you think that that's helping the kids. You think that you're clarifying those points and you think that that's helping them do thinking. Because if you tell me, you know, hey, you spoke most of that time. How much thinking were the kids doing? My natural response would be, well, they were listening. Right. They were thinking the whole time. But if you take it one consequence further to say, all right, 
Now, were there any opportunities where you could have stopped talking and they mm -hmm. could have thought in a different way? Mm -hmm. Maybe a turn and talk or a think, pair, share or a stop and jot. Instead of just speaking and speaking and speaking, what are some ways that they can do more active thinking? And when she showed me how long I had speaking for because she was timing me, yeah. it made me rethink how I write my lessons so that it's not as teacher heavy. And that goes back to what we said at the beginning of telling isn't teaching and, and teaching doesn't even always equal learning because even if they were listening, even if they were, you know, perfect angels and, and listening, you weren't requiring anything of them, you know? No. And so that's really that first step of how to improve ratio in your class is to diagnose yourself. And if you have a coach, ask them to do that. It is remarkably helpful. You can do it yourself though, too. You know, if you have a stopwatch or you can always film it, you can always film it. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. It can be really awkward and uncomfortable to watch, but filming yourself teach and watching it back is one of the maybe the greatest professional development I have ever had in my life. Absolutely. It's watching game filming yourself. Yep. And it can be tough to watch in an hour film of you teaching. Mm -hmm. It can be a little, you can feel a little bit awkward, but you notice, wow, I spoke for that entire chunk of time. I could have had kids stop and write something down or I could have had someone reteach it. Mm -hmm. But it does give you a good opportunity to diagnose yourself to right. see, wow, who has more ratio there? Is it me or is it the kids? Right. We had a, another episode recently around what gets measured gets managed. And that's the same concept. You know, if you now know, wow, okay, I I speak or I'm the active participant for 60% of my lesson, I'd like to cut that in half. You know, now you know where you are and what you can improve on. You're making me think of all the times that I'll restate something and a kid can restate it. Yep. But... Here I am just trying to keep restating the lesson to make it as clear as possible, making sure that I have, that I give everybody the opportunity to listen to that key point. Mm -hmm. So you end up just restating and restating over and over. A kid can do that. Yes. But we keep talking about this. One of the best ways to add ratio is through writing. Yep. If I'm lesson planning, I need to make sure that I have many questions in my slideshow or in my lesson plan. And instead of just asking them out into the ether and having the first hands that come up, <laughs> yeah. making sure that everybody has the chance to write. Yes, exactly. And you don't have, that doesn't mean you have to collect all of that and grade it. It's, again, what's the point of this? The point is to help them be actively engaged, deep thinkers. And we know that writing and thinking go hand in hand. Yeah, put know? it in their notebook and circulate yeah. and see what they got. Absolutely. And then you were hinting at another one too, but just in general, being mindful of your economy of language. Your economy of language. What's that mean? I know it's such a, a it's like formal term. Yeah. It's it's using as few words as possible. Right. Make sure you watch your economy of language. It just means <laughs> say less. Say, say less. Say it in a simpler way. Say less. If it if you can say it in six words instead of ten words, that's economy of language. Yep. Yep. So watch your directions, especially make sure they're really concise. Um, try to plan your questions beforehand so that they're you know simple even simple ways to add ratio is if you have a question on the board instead of you reading it have students read it totally or when you do a check for understanding have another student restate what the previous student had said yep but just ways to pop around and getting more ratio in yeah i'm what a repeater i'm guilty of repeating all the great answers that i hear and it 
sometimes it's worth doing and pausing and saying, holy cow, look at, you know, what we just heard from so-and-so. But a lot of the times it's not super necessary and I could have a kid do it instead. Yeah. If a kid can say something instead of you, that's a good way to, you know, you're just quickly looking for points and ways to add more ratio. Right. And that goes on to the next thing that we are brainstorming of trying to build in more. So more writing, of course, but also more talking. Let them talk. Let them collaborate. Let them work in pairs, give them turn and talks and sort of foster this environment of they, you're not the only teacher in the room. They can learn from and with each other as well. Sometimes we can think about cooperative learning strategies mm-hmm. as for a guided practice. It has to be this longer segment of cooperative learning, mm-hmm. but you can do a really quick cooperative learning thing. You know, the turn and talk, the think, pair, share, and numbered heads. You can do a really quick one yeah. in a minute or two to add ratio. For sure. Even after you, you know, if you ask a check for understanding, have them turn and talk first and then call on someone. Yeah, have another student retell it. Yeah. Yeah. Add whole brain teaching in and yes. have have a kid mimic it back to you. Yes. Any type of reciprocal teaching is, well, I mean, that's great for a million reasons, but that shifts ratio in a super huge way. And then it builds that sort of next level of rigor too. Another way to build ratio is when I have to do the speaking, I can frame the thinking for the kids. Yes. So I can make the mistake of starting my intro to new material and going over my key points without framing it. And I'm just speaking and I'm hoping the kids are listening. And right. you know, that says vocab on the, on the slideshow. They should know that that's what we're talking about. But if I frame their thinking before I start speaking and I say, when I show you these next key points, Mm -hmm. I want you to make a connection to our prior lesson about this. Yes. And I have to do the speaking next, but at least I'm changing up the ratio by giving them something to actively think about while I'm speaking. And that's a really good point because sometimes we, we have to speak for a little while. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we need to model something or explain something that's, that's very complicated and you don't want to risk misunderstandings by passing it off to a kid instead. And that's okay. But again, ratio is all about promoting deeper thinking. And so, like you said, just frame it, set it up differently, tell them exactly what you want them to think about. And even, I would say, pull the veil back even more and show them their mastery check at the end of the lesson. Oh, preview the mastery check for sure. Totally, you know, or show them, you know, what what type of task they're going to be doing in a little bit, because that's all priming them for what they should be thinking about. And they're going to be more likely to think about it because, you know, they want to do good. They want to behave. They just don't know what they're supposed to be thinking about sometimes. That's a great point. If you have a YouTube video that you're going to show framing the thinking saying, you know, or you can even start with make a prediction. What do you think this video is going to be about? I love that. You already see it that it's a TED Ed video. You can see where the title is. Make a prediction of what you think it will be about. Mm -hmm. And then you can take whatever they say to frame what they should be thinking about while you play that video video ends you have a student summarize what they were thinking about you have another student after that rephrase what the first person said and add a little bit and you've significantly changed the ratio from just playing a video and then going into the next thing yep and then have them write it down have them write it down yeah and you can be i think you can be really specific i think sometimes as adults we have this mindset around like well i don't want to give too much away and i get that and also i think telling them what exactly what you want them to know is really good for their learning. So you can say, I'm about to show you this TED Ed on Hammurabi's code. As you're watching it, I want you to think about 
how would this have changed life for everyday people, regular citizens? Yep. They're probably going to leave that video knowing how life changed for people in Babylon, you know? Yeah. And I was thinking if I was teaching that, I might make the mistake of asking right after the video, okay, who can make a connection to Hammurabi's code to how laws are structured today? Mm. And... I might get a false positive because I get one or two kids who raise their hand. Yep. But I've kind of robbed the opportunity from the rest of the class to do that active thinking. Yeah. If if everybody stops and jots and writes their quick answer to that first, then they do a turn and talk and then they share. Sure, my lesson takes a little bit longer, but there's more ratio. There's more active thinking there. Right. And they'll probably walk away with a much deeper understanding of, of your learning target, which is the goal in the first place. Right. And if you've already shown them what the mastery check is going to be at the end of the day, and yeah. it's a good, deep, rigorous mastery check, mm-hmm. they know that they're going to be using all of the information they've acquired during the lesson to to demonstrate understanding on that mastery check. Totally. And if you don't have a mastery check for that day or, you know, maybe your content or your learning target doesn't align with previewing it, you can still go back to your essential question or go back to your sort of unit understandings and say, you know, okay, let's be thinking about this as we watch this or listen to that or whatever. So they still have something a little bit more concrete to attach it to. So we're kind of getting into the last little bit of today where let's say you are lesson planning or you're going back through your lesson plan or you're reteaching something coming up. Mm-hmm. What are some things that we can right now add to our lesson plans so that there is more ratio? And we're just going to be kind of recapping some of the things we've already talked about. Sure. But where you can actually put them into your lessons. Yeah, I think in if you're following a sort of gradual release lesson plan when you have your intro to new material, that is a very teacher-heavy section. And I understand that. We're giving we're literally delivering new information. So right. it needs to be a little more teacher-heavy, but you can still shift the ratio. You can have your direct instruction but make sure that you're peppering in more ratio as opposed to you just speaking the entire time. Right. If you were going to coach me on how I can have better ratio during my direct instruction, what would you say? I would, you know, I mean, don't watch your time. Don't talk for seven minutes straight. Oh my gosh, chunk it, you know? So give your first new point, step, key term, whatever it is, and then check for understanding, have them turn and talk, have them jot it down. Okay next piece you know so you're really chunking and giving more opportunity for them to process and actively think about it rather than just going through the whole segment and hoping they've got it by the time you start guided practice right speak for a little bit do a check for understanding have another student restate it Mm -hmm. do a turn and talk Mm -hmm. write an answer down go back to me speaking and then just kind of follow that same cycle again of okay How can I stop speaking? How can I check for understanding? How can a student say something important to transition into the next piece? Yeah, and same for guided practice, I would say. You know, just build in more writing, more time for them to talk things out together so that they're not, you know, sometimes we call it guided practice and they're just going through a worksheet together. You know, how can you build in more of that that natural conversation? Right, and kids can be tricky because they can be in a group of three or four and you give them... Each kid has their own document. Mm-hmm. They'll quickly ask, can we just all do one? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then if they're all only doing one, there's three people in the group. Only one is actually writing on the worksheet. And mm-hmm. two are kind of reading, watching, and helping. But mm-hmm. you should make sure that every single person during guided practice fills in their own page. Right. I mean, that's another piece of of adding more ratio when your lesson planning is just more at-bats. You know, giving students more chances to practice 
or talk about or whatever the thing that you're doing. You know, if you can add in an extra equation, if you can add in one more key term, you know, give them as many times to practice as possible because it takes a lot of those to get it right. So add as many as we can. Yep. And then as you go into independent practice, there should be more writing there. Mm -hmm. But when you're finishing independent practice and then transitioning into the mastery check, how many students can you get to summarize their thinking? How many students can you then get to speak before or share their writing before you move on to the next thing? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, You made me think of one last thing is anytime I've had to observe somebody and they've got this amazing hook right away, you look at the kids. And if the kids are just sitting in their desk and they have nothing to do, yes, then the ratio is going to, it's just going to be off. Yep. They, they should always have something that they're doing, whether they're writing in the notebook or they have a practice page or a packet in front of them mm-hmm. or you framed their thinking before a video. Right. They have to be doing something. Students right. have to be doing something. Yes, because if they're not, we can't guarantee that every child is not going to daydream. We can't do that. But there's a lot that we can do to keep them actively engaged and to keep them from thinking and to keep them from daydreaming. And that's one of them is if they are just sitting there with nothing to do, I'm going to zone out and I'm a grown adult, you know. So how could I expect a young person to do anything differently? So really be mindful when you're lesson planning of your student actions. Think about it. Picture it. Okay, in this piece of the lesson where I'm doing this, what, what are my students doing? What does it look like? You right. know? Yeah. 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 When a coach tells you, you know, you need to add more ratio in your lesson, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about what are kids doing in that moment? Mm-hmm. Where is the thinking? How are you capturing it? Yeah. We do so much hard work behind the scenes with lesson planning that hopefully, hopefully, I know this is easier said than done. Hopefully when the lesson starts, they're doing all the hard work. Yep. You know, the goal is that students are working harder during a lesson than the teacher because that means that they are going to learn and retain better, you know? That's a super good point to end on. Is the kids should be the thinking should be harder on the kids than it is on the teacher. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's that's ratio. That's ratio. Quick recap of the whole thing we talked about. Yeah. We talked about, you know, the intro that Teaching doesn't always equal learning. Nope. And telling isn't teaching. Yep. I think we know that pretty well. Telling isn't teaching. Mm -hmm. And when you're teaching, where is the ratio? Or what is the ratio? It's the relationship between how much thinking the teacher is doing versus how much thinking the students are doing. Yep. Where's the act of listening? Are they speaking? Are they writing? Yeah. And then different ways to add more. So check yourself. How, what is your ratio? Sort of get a baseline on yourself. And then think about any time in the lesson where you could either frame their thinking, let them write more, let them talk more, let them collaborate more, and ensure that they are actively thinking about your content instead of you simply talking at them or telling them what to think about. For sure. That's yeah. ratio. Yeah. All right. You got anything else? You know, I think I was thinking because I know that observation season is coming up for a lot of folks. And I know as you know, a former coach myself that one of the big things that you look for in an observation is ratio it might not say that on the rubric yeah but there will be something around active listening deep thinking engagement rigor critical thinking exactly there'll be some language that hints at ratio and i think that purposefully and intentionally focusing on the ratio in your classroom is one of the 
one of those win-wins where it is it's good for your observation it will look good it will help you but it's genuinely good teaching it is good practice it helps your children I think it helps you in the moment because you see more you know connections it's it's just an overall win-win right and I've been thinking about that because I know that, you know, there's some observations are coming up soon. And I think this is one thing you can focus on that's good all around. You'll notice it if it, if it isn't there. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. the, if the ratio is off, you might not necessarily have language to coach your teachers on this to say, you know, you kind of spoke for a little too long or you droned on a little long. They're right. talking about ratio. And it's not just a performative thing to make your observation better. It's genuinely good teaching right the kids should be doing as much of the active thinking as possible and it's it's up to us to put it in our lesson plans to give them those opportunities exactly that's it that's the last thing i had on my mind yeah how about you no that's the great point observation season we got this i know all right okay i hope everybody has a fabulous day and we will see you next time on morning duty thanks for listening see you guys